0: A lot of us, when we're thinking practically, we disarm our creative side, and we really put limitations on us that God does not have because He's a limitless God. So I just sort of say, imagine if the vision, there were no limitations, what would it look like? Welcome
1: to the Faith Inspired Podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith & Gather community as we become faith-inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're gonna meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling at all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle. Does your God sized dream seem a little blurry? Are you questioning what it takes and are tempted to quit? I get it. I've been there. And so has my incredible guest, Sierra Lane Myers. Sierra is not just an author, but a fellow God-sized dreamer who understands the journey of living out a vision from the Lord. When I cracked open her new book, Glasses Off, Seeing God When Your Vision Is Gone, I felt like I was reading my entrepreneurial big dream life story. Her book is jam-packed with wisdom and nuggets of inspiration. And in this episode, we're diving deep into how to fulfill your God-given vision without giving into the temptation to quit. We will uncover the treasures in Sierra's book, like the seven practical steps to embrace God's vision, the importance of perseverance, and the cost of a lost vision. Plus, she's got a momentum formula up her sleeve that you won't want to miss. So get ready to be inspired, encouraged, and equipped to chase your God-sized dream. Hey, Sierra, welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, it is such a joy to have you on. I have to say, when I read your book, I was like, well— There is no need for me to write a book anymore because Sierra wrote everything that I would have said in your book, Glasses Off, Seeing God When Your Vision Is Gone. And I mean that in such a good way. Your book is just power-packed with so much knowledge of business and life and the realities of that, just things that I have gone through these past three years of faith and gather. And so I really want to specifically dive in today on how to fulfill your vision from God and then also how to stay in it and not quit. So I would love for you to get us started really by telling us about yourself and then why you thought it was so important to write this book right now.
0: I am a woman after God. I am a wife. And my husband and I own a little counseling practice together um, in our area. And then he's the counselor. I was sort of the visionary behind that. And I run the business. And he was doing 70 hours a week of mental health and just a lot of negative hard work on his end. And he was helping a lot of people, which was amazing. But I had these two kiddos at home and I'm like, I never see you and it's hard. And so I said, why don't we just hire a bunch of different therapists, find the space and run a group practice. So that's what we do now. And we get to help people help people, which is really cool. I'm writing, I'm writing a second book. I'm marketing this one, this first book. And then uh, I have two young girls. One is 10, one is four. And I guess that sums it up you sound
1: like a busy lady and so that would make sense for writing the book me knowing the content that's within it but why did you specifically write the book and what was so important to you like why was it on your heart to really write something like this
0: well i had never thought that i would write a book or be an author or anything i i kind of took humility too far to where it was like self deprecation where it was like oh i would never i could never presume to do you know who am i to even try and offer and I always was very good at finding other people's gifts and then lifting them up and figuring out ways to like make businesses for them. And I just really felt the Lord put the book title on my heart. After a year of prayer, he had asked me to stop doing some digital work I was doing. I was doing a little blog and I was doing licensing deals with brands and he just told me to stop the digital stuff and you know that if you stop that, it's kind of over if you don't show up consistently. And so I thought, Lord, surely that's not what you're asking from me. And after about a year, I just followed that prompting because I could tell it was never going to leave and I, I could tell it was from him. And so I stopped. And about a year later, I'm kind of like angry praying at the Lord, like, you told me to stop. I do not feel peace about it. I feel totally irrational. Um you're not showing up and I need some help. And he gave me that book title. I was like a secret writer, but I wasn't an author. So I thought, okay, he wants me to go buy a book with that title. So I went to Amazon, I typed it in, and all these books came up about optometry because the title of my book is Glasses Off. And I the subtitle he gave me was a little different than what it is today. It was a working title that we kind of changed, but the original title was How to See God When Your Vision is Blurred. And so I found all these scientific books and I thought, oh no, the Lord is going to take my actual eyesight away. He wants me to prepare for it by reading this book. And so I'm like, how do I tell my kids mommy's going to go blind? I'm like freaking out. And then By God's grace, he's like, no, sweet child. Like, I don't need you to buy that. I need you to write one. Your health is going to be okay. Just write a book with that title. So I started writing and then fast forward a year, I'm in a writing competition and they ask us to summarize the book with one word. And so I asked my husband, what do you think this is about? What's the common theme I'm talking about? And he said, vision. You're always talking about vision. And I thought, oh, the Lord wants me to write about spiritual blindness. It was a metaphor all this time and having clear vision. And so I scrapped like 20,000 words and I wrote the book I needed to read because if you can imagine me years ago, I had stopped my digital work. God was calling me to this writing industry that I have no real business being and I have no English degree, no credentials, nothing but faith. And so I was like, Lord, I need you to give me a blueprint of what I'm supposed to do. It's kind of like a personal, professional blueprint in real time.
1: Yeah, it really is. And that's when I was like, You wrote the book that I would write because this is literally the life that I've been living for the past three years. I mean, it's like I am interwoven into your story as well. Like, this is just a reality of what it's like when you are following God's vision and being obedient in his will. And I just have to laugh about that. Oh, no, my eyesight's going away how we can totally take like a word from the Lord and just like put it on steroids. And it is like the whole different direction. Because I was like, when you said that, I'm like, okay, I am not the only crazy woman who is out there thinking that the Lord is giving me all these doomsday
0: kind of things. I'm in the club with you.
1: Yes, yes. But wow, what an incredible story. And I do have to say you are a writer. It is beautifully written. Just the words and the pictures that you put together really are well done. So credit to you. You are a writer, even though you don't think you are in that industry. You may feel a little like you're not a part of it. You are. You are so welcomed in that industry, I will say. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in the book, you share, and I think these are really important because they're kind of just like that foundational of seven practical steps to help us embrace and fulfill God's vision. Because we really need to really, like you said, embrace that in order to continue to just pave the path and go towards where God is calling us. So can you give a brief overview of those seven practical steps?
0: Yes. So The first one is recognizing a vision, which, yeah, there's a lot of text that goes into – this is in Chapter 8 if you buy the book. But basically, I would make a list of all of my ideas, whether it be dreams that I had or ideas or thoughts from God, and I would write them down. And then I would rate the sense of urgency I feel next to each dream. So if I put try for a third baby, that might be right now – From one to 10, it might be a five, or open that boutique that you know could be really profitable in your area. Right now, for me, that'd probably be a two. Write this book, you know, the second one I'm working on, it's at a nine or a 10. So I talk about recognizing a vision using that sense of urgency chart. I also talk about hearing from God is usually strange. It's not something I would have come up with, like, I would never have thought. I'm going to take a picture with glasses on and I'm going to have a book with glasses in the title. It just, it's not something I would have thought of. Another way to tell from the Lord is I think, well, you can use the visual diagram I gave in chapter two, that purpose calling vision diagram. So when you do all of that, that's recognizing it. And then you move to the second step, which is confirming that the vision is from the Lord. And this is a super critical step. And it's basically praying for confirmation and listening for it. Because if you skip this step and you go from, okay, I have this vision, the Lord is impressing this on me, and now I'm going to externalize it. I'm going to process it with my girlfriend, or I'm going to call my mom or whatever. You sort of manipulate the vision into something you're hoping it will be instead of what God is actually wanting it to be. So, you pray for confirmation. The third step, you move into involving others because we know you can't do anything by yourself. Even for those of us that are kind of like Lone Ranger women that can just sort of champion our way, we still need help from a lot of people to do the vision thing. The fourth step is to dream and design the vision. I call it the Mary Poppins step because a lot of us. When we're thinking practically, we disarm our creative side, and we really put limitations on us that God does not have because He's a limitless God. So I just sort of say, imagine if the vision, there were no limitations, what would it look like? And write it down, detail it. And then in the fifth step, you actually take those dreamy dream steps and you move them into something that you can do with the resources available. So You may not be able to play in the WNBA because you're 40 and you're five foot one, but you can go down to the gym and you can sign up for an intramural basketball team. And that's your practical, resourceful step. I call that the Will Smith in the pursuit of happiness step because his dream was Wall Street, but all he had was a Rubik's Cube and he got in the cab with the guy um, and he used what he had. And then the sixth step is updating the plan. And that's basically just not holding so tightly onto that original dream and really allowing God to shape it and mold it into what he wants it to be. And then the last step in the process is pursuing the vision until God decides it's over.
1: Mm, That's an interesting one. I do love the step about confirming the vision with the Lord specifically. Actually, it's such a God thing. This morning I was on Instagram, you know, just scrolling through the reels and one from Pastor Mike Todd came up and he was on a podcast and he was talking about like, you know, a lot of people look for feedback rather than using their faith. And so we're here looking for quote unquote signs from other people when we're telling them about our vision and then that gets skewed and goes in different direction instead of using our faith and relying on that confirmation to actually hear from the Lord. So that paired with what you just said about really having it confirmed with the Lord before you go to other people to get the help, I think is just really, really important because you can get off track you have a marketing background, as do I. And so you know that there's all this testing and there's all this feedback and there's all of that to like make sure you're on the right track. But God, as in your other step of update the plan, I mean, he will totally take your plan and flip it upside down and he will create something absolutely amazing with something little or something that may have been a failure or a different direction completely than you were thinking he wanted you to go. And so yeah, these steps are just so important. So I appreciate you addressing all of them. And I love how you laid them out.
0: Yeah. I I had to write it for myself because I'm like, okay, great. These are such lofty concepts. Like, How do I actually do them in my life? So yeah, I'm glad they resonate. Yeah.
1: Very much so. Very much so. Okay. So we talked about it a little bit, but moving forward with God's vision takes time. It takes effort. It takes energy. It takes everything from you. You write in your book about, you know, I didn't realize how much of a sacrifice I had to make to continue with these dreams because I think the world tells us one thing and then we get into it. And I also had to laugh. I think there was one point and maybe I just read it in my own brain of like, oh, you know, the Bible talks about people that (laughs) are like, you know, they really suffer in the Bible. And I don't know where the message got wrong to us that like Everything would be rose color glasses, you know, for us as Christians and, and being obedient to God's will, because really most of the stories in there are all about hardship. And so <laughs> to think that you wouldn't have this vision and not come across that, you know, whether it's spiritual warfare or just things that happen in business, you know, I would love for you to really talk about like what you've learned and how you can persevere and commit. And not quit.
0: Yeah, I don't remember where I wrote that, but I know what you're talking about because I thought all of us wanna be like Wonder Woman or like all these characters and stories that we've heard, but we don't want to be like the people in the Bible necessarily because it's like, well, <laughs> that's that's a lot harder than like having a superpower and flying around. So I had to come up with a momentum formula, which I wrote about, I think in chapter nine, I forgot what the scientific one was. So I just thought I need to remember what momentum is and I need to create a spiritual parallel formula for when my spiritual life and the vision is hard. And so I went to good old Google, of course, and I Googled, what is the definition of momentum? And it was force plus strength plus speed. So I came up with a way to remember it by saying momentum equals pressure, because in every God-given vision, at least for me, I can't speak for anyone else, but for me, there's so much pressure. He's never like, Sierra, go to the spa. (laughs) It's like, it's not that easy. So I can either crumble under the weight of that pressure, or I can let it simmer there and propel me forward. So that's the first step. Momentum equals pressure plus self discipline. I used that in replace of strength. So momentum equals pressure plus self discipline. And I just decided that skills were more useful than being naturally good at something. Because I had always thought, well, if God wanted me to do that, then I would just be easy breezy, natural at it. I'd wake up and It'd be the easiest thing in the world and I'd go to sleep. Um, but I just decided there are some really amazingly talented people that don't ever develop their skills. And I just I didn't want to disappoint God that way. I wanted to entrust what He'd given me spiritually, gifts wise, and then I wanted to grow them and work hard at them. So, and then the last one was in the scientific definition, it's speed. I chose God's sovereign timing. So you can perform under pressure. You can be really good under pressure. You can build all the skills in the world. And then you're going to wait on God's sovereign timing to fulfill that.
1: Yeah. And if you're a Christian woman in business, you know that it's not always the timing. I would say 99.9% of the time, not always the timing that you expect it to be, but it is the perfect timing. And He knows, He knows all. Such a good thing. The pressure, absolutely. There's so much more pressure than I had ever envisioned. One coming from me, and then two. I think it's that pressure of when you have that god-sized dream and that vision. There's just this internal fire within you, and so you're just you feeling that pressure of like, okay, like you're convicted in a good way, like a motivated kind of conviction of like, he's given me this and I need to take this torch and like run with it and go with it because he's given it to me. And so I think that pressure, yeah. And the self-discipline, I got to be honest, like that's really hard. I think, especially if you're a solo entrepreneur, there's nobody holding your feet to the fire. There's no one telling you, you know, what you need to do and you have to do it all yourself. And there are some days where I'm like on it, you know, I'm on my game and other days where I'm just kind of like, oh, and so you know when you talk you talk about the skills i'm like that's a part where i really do need to do a little bit better i will say and i le- i realized this this week i'm like wow when it comes to podcasting i just because i have two young kids i have a 5-year-old and a almost 2-year-old i don't have a ton of time to read i don't listen to podcasts like i normally used to because i enjoy quiet time in the car right now just to kind of <laughs> relax a little bit but then i realized I'm kind of losing some of my skill because I'm not reading words and hearing words and getting, you know, breathed into that way for creativity. And so I just realized it was kind of what you're saying. And then what the Lord was speaking to me, was like, okay, Erica, like you need to step it up a little bit. You know, you need to, you can't coast, you need to craft your skills. So then when I come in with my own timing, I can really make things move and happen for you. Because God can do anything, but if you're not, like say, you know, it's like getting a degree. You know, if you don't get a degree to be like a veterinarian, you can never actually go and do veterinarian things with animals. And so, you know, God could bring you all the right things, but you can't because you don't have the credentials. So the same thing is like we need to do our part to build those skills so then God can elevate whatever it is that he has for us in that future.
0: Yeah, totally. It reminds me of... um Jonah, when he, God gives him the shade tree and he's really hot and he gets a shade and he's like, thank you, Lord. And then the next day it's gone. And he's like, Lord, why did you take it away? And God's like, I didn't take the plant away. You didn't water it. You didn't even take care of it at all. The plant died, you know? So God does care about our practical part of it too, of us doing our little part. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We have to do our part. We're talking about visions and we're talking about not quitting and persevering, and we have this momentum. But what really is that cost of a lost vision?
0: So I wrote about I had a miscarriage, and the Lord revealed the child to me in a dream vision. It's the only dream I've ever had from the Lord. Basically, what He taught me through that was that the child's name was Jacob. And so he was redeeming him in heaven. And that now I get to have Avery, which would not exist because of the age and the timing, if I did not have to go through one lost vision. And so to me, I was thinking, how can I use this as inspiration for following a God-sized dream? And I thought, okay, well, Obviously, when you have a miscarriage, you're afraid to try again initially. You kind of go through that paralysis. And um, the Lord just kind of helped me with like, you've gone through literal life and death situation here. You've came out okay. You can handle it. And essentially, what you do from now on is not a matter of life and death. It's up to me. Like, yes, the people we witness to, it is a spiritual life or death, but the outcome is actually up to God because I cannot save a human soul, only He can save them. So really, my part is probably not as crazy as I'm making it out to be because I can feel like, for instance, I'm not a neurosurgeon. So if I make a mistake, no one's going to die. And the Lord has equipped the neurosurgeon with the ability to handle that and with very meticulous hands and all the things. I'm not a first responder. I'm writing. I'm a writer. And it's not like it's, I'm not downplaying the power words can have, but no one's going to read my book and fall over dead because I like chose a certain adjective, you know? So that just gives me a lot of permission to just walk in the calling and be able to trust that Even if I do lose these earthly visions that I held on tightly to, that He can bless me with a different vision that I might not have seen coming. But in hindsight, we can always recognize, oh, that's what you were doing, Lord. Oh, cool.
1: Yeah, He can always redeem it. And I think there's different seasons for different times. There's, I've heard from so many women that they had this thriving vision and then all of a sudden something happened where, you know, maybe they had a bunch of kids and they weren't able to fulfill that. Or, you know, they had to take care of a loved one, elderly parent or whatever it may be and had to put their dreams on the back burner, but then God resurrected it in a completely different way or just different ways of God closing doors and then opening them. Like he'll be able to resurrect that lost vision if you lose it in a certain way. In terms of the context of like you choosing to quit, has there been an experience in your life where you have chosen to quit something? And then what was the outcome of that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I quit the, all the digital stuff. When I say I quit, like I stopped posting, I stopped creating, my audience completely left because they're like, okay, I guess she's never coming back. It's been a year. Uh, So agencies didn't pay me anymore. I mean, all of it was over, but it's beautiful now because I was able to use that time to prioritize the book writing, which is what I, I know the Lord was preparing me for with doing all the previous content writing and all of the work before. And it's just sort of like, it's not a graduation, but it's just a small steer and so yeah, I've had to figure out that even though God never gives me like a plan plan, a full on detailed birds-eye view of what my life is going to be, that he does open a small door and it's like a chain effect. Like I, God gives me like the image of a hallway and if you walk through one door, then the next one opens, but it's like a chain effect. So if you don't walk through that door, it just stays closed. And then only that next small door opens. It's like very tiny acts of obedience that maybe don't make sense. I heard a sermon one time that's so funny. And the guy said, you know, Moses didn't actually part the sea. He just raised a stick at a body of water. Like the Lord parted the sea, which we know that, right? But it's so funny to think, what if the sea didn't part? <laughs> you know, like. And so every day I kind of pray, Lord I'm willing to look like a fool for you I'm going to hold up a stick can you please part the sea
1: Yeah it's that faith and that made me think of you know Noah and the ark as well I mean that was a very visible for many years of him <laughs> working on that with no rain you know how foolish Yeah he looked to all the other people and then when it started raining God came through there and was like, thank you for being so faithful. So, yeah, holding on to that vision. And you mentioned the ark in your book as well. But, yeah, how beautiful to have that faith and continue. We've talked about just specifically vision and then not quitting on your dream. And then, if you do quit, really, you know, God will redeem that. If he asks you to quit, he's definitely going to redeem it. If you quit, Quit. There'll be a way that he will redeem that for you, but stay the course, persevere, commit if you can. Um, I would love to know because there's so many other different facets of your book that we could really unpack. Is there one area that we haven't discussed that was really near to your heart that you feel like, okay, like I would feel like just they didn't get the full breadth of like what they should know if they walked away from this episode and didn't hear that portion?
0: Yeah, maybe chapter two. When I was in that year of prayer after I had stopped and I was seeking the Lord, I was overwhelmed by those three words, purpose, calling, and vision. And I just decided, okay, this is my opportunity for growth. I'm not going to sit and wallow anymore because I had definitely done that and that wasn't working for me. So I read every self-help book. I read every dictionary. I mean, with those three words. And then I read every Bible verse and all the context surrounding each one. So I got an understanding of a corporate sense of purpose and calling and vision, and then our personal ones. And I just prayed to the Lord for a way to be able to understand it all. And He gave me a very simple triangle diagram. And He said, at the top, write the word God and follow the line down and write the word Jesus. And then on the other side of the triangle, write the word Holy Spirit. And he said, just as I am at the top, I am the creator of the universe. Everything begins with me, all time, space, eternity, matter, out of me, Jesus and the Holy Spirit flow. And I was like, "Okay." you're explaining the Trinity to me. Okay. I understand. So I'm like, and then he kind of was like, uh, you're not listening. So now draw a second triangle. And I was like, okay. And he said, write the word purpose at the top. And just as I am the purpose for all time, the word purpose here for you is a daily communion with me. You do not have to find your purpose. The purpose is loving me and sharing me with others. And out of daily communion with me, then only then will your callings and visions on earth be revealed. So I drew a third triangle and broke it down a little bit further. And I was like, okay, if the Lord is telling me that the word purpose is the reason why we play this game of life, so to speak, then callings and visions come from that. Okay, then calling can be the space. It can be the where we live out our greater why. So it can be a stage, it can be a classroom. It is not a career. I had always thought calling meant career. And what I was learning in that was like, no, it's just the space on earth where you live out your why. And then if you go to the last point in the third triangle, it's vision, the word vision. And by definition, that is bringing the immaterial and materializing it. So to me, I was like, "Okay, that's the playbook. That is the how we're gonna live out the where to the why."
1: So cool! I love that. God is so good to have that. <laughs> I love how you're so honest about like, "Okay, girl, you're not getting it. Let me, let me do this again." <laughs> we do that a lot, me and God. We have that conversation too. Like, okay. Honey, I love you. You're not the brightest bulb on the tree, so let's do this again.
0: (laughs) Right. It's so innocent. You know, we're like, okay, the Trinity, I got it. And he's like, okay, let me simplify it even more. Yeah. I had a conversation the other day, I believe it was on the podcast,
1: where it was like, you have these things that you learn as you grow up in church and just being in the faith. And you understand them, but all of a sudden you have like this light bulb moment where it really like sinks in and everything's like, whoa. And then for me, I'm like, okay, I'm 38 years old. Yeah, that light bulb should have went off 20 years ago, but (laughs) it
0: just did now. And thank you,
1: Lord. I'm grateful for that.
0: (laughs) But maybe you weren't ready 20 years ago to hear it or handle it, you know?
1: Yeah, True. Very true. Very true. Well, this has been wonderful, Sierra. I really just appreciate you connecting today and talking about your book and just everything, talking about visions and how to really commit to them and how to really understand that purpose and the calling and the vision. I would love for you to tell the listeners how they can connect
0: with you and also how they can purchase your book. Well, thank you for having me. It really is just an honor to sit and talk to you about things on our hearts, So um, you can find the book, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, Apple Books, and then you can find me at the pin name, Myers.com, or on social at my pin name.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So one more question for you. I want to know what
0: brought you joy today. What brought me joy today? Love. Love. It's so important to God and it's the thing I'm most grateful for. Mm, I'm sure your your daughters and your husband and that big old
1: puppy behind you (laughs) are part of that. (laughs) Definitely. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate you being on and just keep doing what you're doing. It's so, I'm grateful for it. It really just was so enlightening, encouraging, and I've just have more perseverance to really continue on what God has given me. Thank you so much. I hope your heart and spirit are ablaze with God-sized dreams and visions, and a newfound determination. Your vision from God is precious, and you have the bold faith and holy ambition to see it through. I can't wait to see what God does in and through you. I'm so grateful you spent time today listening to this episode. If you were encouraged by what you heard, share the love with other women you know and send them the link to this episode. Just think how many more women could be blessed with faith-inspired encouragement. Love and prayers, Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com. For show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith-inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle.